0: If our nursery hasn't gone back, they may, and as we do a little transitioning here, Miss Elizabeth is going to come up and play again. What I'd encourage you to do as we do this is um, to take this time to kind of calm your spirit. It's been a busy morning and a busy week, and uh, take that opportunity to just reflect as she plays and, and for this wonderful day. And I wonder this morning, as you think about that, this baby born, just this whole concept of Christmas and of this Savior coming down to be amongst us. And I wonder, even in the midst of this hecticness of this season, or just looking over all and backing up and looking at your life, what influences your mood, what influences your thoughts, how you live, your actions, and we want to talk about that this morning, If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah in several passages, so Old Testament prophet before the big book of Jeremiah, after the Song of Solomon. And so you can have your Bibles open uh, to Isaiah as we walk through this this morning. Now, the idea of influence is is something that we often think about and talk about, but it was about 10 years ago, they say, that this term, an influence, influencer came in, and it became a new career. Are you an influencer? Well, influencer came in, and the idea is that influencer is someone in your niche niche or industry that has sway over a target audience. Now, we've always kind of had this, right? You pick a celebrity or a movie star or some sort of athlete to endorse a product, right? And they would hopefully influence people because they're like, oh, if he likes it, I'll get it. Or, if she likes that, then I want to have that same product. Their pre-existing presence in this little uh, market that they have is useful. And uh, even today they say it's a useful launching pad for new brands. And uh, they're trying to find credibility. They can get credibility if they can get uh, the right influencer to endorse them. Now, influencers have a long history in marketing, as we can begin to understand that. Um, Today, influencers fit into a lot of different categories because of social media. Uh, You have celebrities, and then you have um, uh, industry experts and thought leaders, they call them. Uh, They know the most. They're the ones that give you the science behind the product. Then there are micro-influencers, those are the ones that have a lot of followers on social media, and because they have so many people following them, then they get endorsements. And then there are bloggers and what they call content creators. In other words, they just put their opinion on the internet and it happens to draw people to read it. Well, I thought that I would uh, show you here, I don't see my list up there, maybe I didn't project it. Um, The idea of uh, influencing and and kind of walk you through the history of the social media background. In 1999, uh, we had the launch of Yahoo Messenger and Microsoft Network Messenger, where you could send messages back and forth, and you could do it live, like texting. And uh, then they had LinkedIn. In 2003, MySpace and Skype began. And then, in 2004, Facebook began and a thing called Flickr. As an influencer, we're in the age of influencers. Who's influencing you is the question today, and how are you being influenced? Who are you listening to? Who do you trust for advice? What kind of influence do you have on other people in your life? That's a good question for us to consider. Has anyone ever been generous with their influence on your behalf? Hopefully, many of you had the opportunity to be generous this week, or over the last few weeks, if we, we've been talking about that. You see, for our purposes of our message today, we'll kind of go with the Merriam-Webster's the Dictionary. Help someone get where they couldn't get on their own. That's an influencer. If you help someone get where they could not get on their own, you're using their influence to be generous to them. Now, I believe that we are all influencers, whether we like it or not, your life impacts other people. And if you claim to believe that Jesus was born, uh, fully God, fully man, came and lived and died, then you have a mission. And your mission is to be an influencer in this world. And so, over the past eight weeks, we've been kind of really just talking about this, right? We, for those of you who are here or in and out, we, we talked about uh, being better together, right? In that series, we said we're better together. The Holy Spirit has gifted us, empowered us to build up one another. And each of us is different but vital to the kingdom of God. What you have, you bring to the table that God has designed for this group, for this little family, and for the larger family of Christ. You're vital to the mission of God. And then we've talked about this month just the idea of being generous and how generosity has to do with our, not just our treasure, but our time, our talent, our influence, our words, and even our thoughts. And when we're generous, it's contagious and it impacts other people's lives. Even science backs that up. People who are generous bless others and they get more out of giving physically and spiritually and in their health than people who are a little more stingy. And so as we look at this and we begin to see the power of of kind acts and being influencers and living out this call of the gospel, it softens people's hearts to Christ and draws them closer to him. But when we look at this definition, we've got to ask a question. Where is it that we can't get on our own? Where is it that we can't get on our own? If we're saying an influencer helps you get where you can't get on your own. Maybe you think of a job or an advancement. Somebody stepped in and said, I'm going to vouch for you. And they helped you get that next step. An interview. Or maybe it's when I think of uh, where Randy's at today. We we went out to the Broncos stadium there. And I was getting ready to walk on the field. And they said, no, 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 you cannot come. And I said, I'm with him. Oh, come on to the field. They let us in. He was an influencer. He got me where I wanted to go and be. But I couldn't have gotten there on my own. I had to be with the right person. And so as we look at this, We began in a place, and just kind of summarizing the whole of Scripture and looking what we really need, we began with a relationship with God. Unlike any creation, we're made in the image of God. And we walked in the garden. Adam and Eve, the first human beings, walked in the garden. Perfect relationship. Joy. Everything was open to them, except for that one forbidden fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As soon as they partook of that, they understand the light and the dark. They understood the good and the bad. And they were separated from the most holy God because they rebelled against him and tried to become like him themselves. They believed the lie. And ever since that moment, I believe, we've been striving to get back to God. But from that moment, God decided he was going to influence our world And create a plan for us to get back to him. And that plan begins to unfold throughout scripture. And there are people who chose to respond to God throughout history. Whether it was Abraham being called out, set apart, birthing the nation of Israel through whom God would work. And then the priests and the sacrifices and Moses bringing the law. Showing them a pathway back to God and building blocks of God influencing our world and pointing us back to him. Israel even wanted a king. They said, give us kings. Kings will be the ones that bring that influence. They're going to make us a strong nation. They're going to make everything right with God. We want a king. Every king failed them. Even David, even the most wise king of all, Solomon. And we read this in in Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth. And forevermore, the zeal of the Lord, the host, will do this. Wow. I would want that, king. That's what they are looking forward to. And Isaiah was saying, there will be one to come who will bring peace, whose government will see no end, who will be worthy of the position, who won't stumble, who have the power of God and uphold justice and righteousness both in that time and forevermore. And furthermore, it is the zeal of the Lord that's going to accomplish it, not yourselves. So within the nation of Israel, there's this longing and waiting and stirring for this to happen. But you see, no man, no person reading that, they, they would understand. No one could accomplish this. There's no government, no priest, no prophet, no amount of good works that accomplish that verse. No religious system could get you there. No laws, no political party, no personal accomplishment. Nothing could restore that relationship. Even the sacrifices had to be repeated over and over and over. So it's just a river of blood flowing from that altar. And burning, going up into the sky because of the great chasm between us and God. Yeah, even in Genesis chapter 3, from the beginning... Jesus said it would be the offspring of a woman who would crush the serpent's head. He began to point us forward. And in Isaiah, in Isaiah 7, 14, he says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. Meaning, God amongst us, walking, living, breathing, eating, born in a manger. Hundreds of years before this Christmas Eve, Jesus came down as a child, born in a manger, to be amongst us, to live amongst us, to give up his position, his throne, his being worshipped day and night in order to enact this rescue plan, in order to influence the world permanently. Turning over to Isaiah 53, uh, verses uh, 2 through 6, perhaps one of the most famous prophecies of, and statements in the whole of Isaiah, we read of ultimately what this baby born, this child born of a virgin came to do. I'm just looking at a little snippet from here and starting in verse 2. For he grew up before them like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He didn't come fully formed as a man. He he grew up. And we even just have one sentence in the Bible about his childhood. Um, One sentence about how he grew up up and matured. And He had no former majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. If if he were here today, this morning, amongst us, I don't think that we would be able to point him out right away. Amongst the 12 disciples as they are walking, I don't think people knew immediately until he gained popularity exactly who Jesus was. He wasn't someone that they would be in awe of. He was a common man. He ate, he drank, he walked from place to place, had no home, When he started his ministry, he just went and trusted the Lord along the way. And so, in verse 3, it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But then here comes... The turning point. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned and every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to do something to gain his approval. He didn't wait for us to respond. He came and enacted this plan. He was born in that manger, lived and served his family for 30 years, and after three years of intense, amazing, miraculous ministry, he went to the cross. He was put to death, an innocent man. Three days later, he rose again. If you want to know about influence, you can just see it here this morning and this week. Look around the world. Jesus is the greatest influencer to ever walk the earth. 2,000 years later, his life, and really that three years of ministry, has a ripple effect that impacts the entire globe. It's undeniable. His existence is undeniable. He lived. He walked the earth. But what are we going to do with him? What are we going to do with this gospel, this story? of Jesus Christ and the fact that he died for you and I so that we can be saved by grace through faith not by our own works so that no man can boast but it's the same thing with anyone who claims to be an influencer unless you respond you're not influenced unless you respond you're not changed and so we need to respond to Jesus. Ultimately, that first step is for salvation, understanding that we are sinners. All of us have gone astray. We need a Savior. And yet, for those of us who've been walking with Jesus and understood that for many a year, it's still a daily responding to Jesus Christ, isn't it? A daily understanding and returning to this miracle of his birth, this miracle of Christmas. A daily letting him speak into our lives. See, there's another influencer. An influencer who came upon Jesus at his baptism. An influencer that he said would be the greatest gift he would leave us. And that person is the Holy Spirit. When you allow the influence of the cross to bring you to that point of salvation and God draws you to him, he doesn't leave you alone to try and figure out how to become more like Jesus. Now he gives each of us the very Spirit of God dwelling in us. Isn't that amazing? And as it, the Holy Spirit as we respond to him in obedience he produces more fruit in our lives. He gives us spiritual gifts to bless others. And slowly, one step at a time degree by degree from one glory to the next we begin to reflect more of Christ to the world. To me, that's amazing. When we trust in Jesus and follow him and Jesus influences us, the more we have the opportunity to influence others. And it's not just for a purchase. (laughs) It's not just to get a thumbs up like on the page. It's for eternity. We can impact people for eternity. That is the biggest privilege I have ever seen and it humbles me each time We have the opportunity, I even think about the fact that God would use someone like myself or any of us in this room to impact somebody's eternal salvation. You see, this term influencer hadn't been around for a decade. It's been around for 2,000 years. It's just whether we are going to recognize him or not. Go and make disciples. You'll be empowered to be his witnesses, to be light in the darkness, to be salt in the world. And as you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's going to overflow, and you're going to begin to learn to love your neighbor and to care for your neighbor, no matter what they look like. And because you are an influencer, God's placed you in this unique town, this unique moment in history, this unique church with unique gifts in this unique community, a unique workplace or school so that you can influence others and make a difference. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to sacrifice himself. And that's the call that we have as well. Your life can and will make a difference when you submit to the Holy Spirit. Sharing your influence is simply pointing people to Jesus. Because Jesus ultimately is the one who takes us to where we can't go on our own. It's him who bridged that gap, gave his blood, so that we could be in his family forever. That's the ultimate gift. And so, do you view your life as a gift? A gift to be used to influence others? Author Brad Forsmo says this, when your goal is to live your life as a gift, you move from asking how you can get ahead to how you can serve others to the best of your ability. The question is not what am I good at, but how can I best give my life away to others? What would becoming a gift to other people look like for you in your life heading into this next year? What have you determined to figure out what it would look like for you to be a gift to your family, your siblings, your parents, your grandparents, your coworkers, your classmates? the stranger on the street. See, the thing is, you don't have to make massive changes. (laughs) Some people are called to sell everything, go be a missionary, get that kind of influence, while others are called to take small steps and changes. Small steps in your daily life and just taking your next step in your daily life. And so as you think about that, I think through the scriptures and I think how God has used people to influence history in a powerful and amazing way. You think of Esther. She influenced the king and saved her people. Think of Abigail. She had an influence on David, changing his course, giving him wisdom. Certainly Mary in her trust, Mary the mother of Jesus in her trust in the angel's message, influenced those around her influenced Elizabeth, who was giving birth to John the Baptist. Then we have Mary and Martha. Then we have Lydia, the this, this seller of fine purple cloth and linens who, who gave her home for a church to be going in Philippi and gave up her resources for the ministry of the gospel. Then we have Barnabas. Barnabas stepped in when everybody said, Paul, he, he's a murderer. Keep him away from us. And He said, no, 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 he's changed. I put my reputation on it. I vouch for him. And then we can think of Joseph of Arimathea who used his influence to give Christ a place, albeit just for three days to be buried. He used his influence to take that body, lay it in the tomb. I can think of my own life, (laughs) the people who set aside and were a gift to me in our trip this uh, past fall, I was in shock. I didn't know that uh, my former youth pastor, had, uh, he'd been in California in different places. I didn't know he was back at our home church. And when he walked in, I was getting ready to go up and speak. I was just kind of, it flooded to me, all the memories there on the campus of, of showing up and, and showing up at 6 a.m. as a high schooler for our uh, men's Bible study, young men's study. And showing up and being the only one and he'd be like, Kevin, it's a divine appointment, Kevin. God meant just for me to be with you. I was like, how can you be this happy at 6 a.m. And you don't even drink coffee. He drinks to the Holy Spirit. He was happy. So I got to see him, give him a hug, hug and say, thank you for influencing me. I went out, uh, my family got to meet Sheen Doman, a man who took me, and we ran the hills up and down, trying to get my vertical up so I could dunk that basketball. But then in the midst of it, we'd memorize verses together, lift weights, and he would challenge me. And, And now it was so great to be able to come back and say, thank you. Even in my life today, I've heard Wade Brown preach here. He visits now and then. He speaks into my life, coaches me, and says, Keep on going, Kevin. Stay in there. Preach the gospel. Trust in the Lord. I think of my siblings, uh, my wife, my parents. All of them have an influence on my life and have been a gift to me. You know, if we'd open up a package this morning and have a mirror inside, you can look at it and see yourself as a gift, but turned around and see that God has put other people in your life that are a gift to you. Make sure you let them know that. Those who have an influence on them, thank you. I'm so thankful for our youth group and the influence of Matt and Michelle. I'm thankful that I see many of you caring about one another because you are a gift to one another. So I'd encourage you to think about that, reflect. As you open up your presence this week, think about how your life can be a gift. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the greatest gift giver. In fact, James reminds us of that. He says, every good and perfect gift comes down from our Heavenly Father who doesn't change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And from the beginning of our rebellion, you said, I am going to send a son who's going to influence the world and change it for eternity so that our eternity can be changed. Lord, help us to be receptive to your Holy Spirit as he works in us, obeying and trusting in you and realizing that we are a gift. We don't need to buy into lies or, or be influenced by others, but may we truly strive as we hit this Christmas season and this next year to, to have you be the number one influence into our life, to have you speak into our lives more than anyone else. But then it's still into our own laps. Are we going to respond in obedience and trust in you? Are we going to get out of our comfort zone? Are we going to see that we can bless others? Are we going to thank those And respond to those you've put into our lives that influence us for you and for your purposes, Lord. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. It's Him who we sing about and we celebrate as we gather this week, the greatest gift of all. And it is in His name we pray. Amen. Please stand.